0: I'm Mike Sweeney. This is the Simplified Body Podcast. Welcome to show six of the Simplified Body Podcast. And today I'm going to share with you a very personal story. So... Last year in 2015 was the year that I found out actually what stress is, and by stress, I mean stress and anxiety. The year for me, lots of personal stuff going on, and very, very busy with work things. Actually, trying to do too much, not sleeping a lot, doing lots of NHS clinics, and also. Building my private business, working with clients. Uh, I made the mistake last year of taking on way too many clients, trying to do too many projects and saying yes to everything and, you know, doing very, very long days. And it took me actually quite a while, about six months to realize that I was stressed. Um, and it was the first time in my life I've ever experienced stress like that. Um, and I suppose it had been built up over six months. And it was at the point where, you know, it could be freezing cold outside, but I would be kind of warm and and uh, my skin would be a bit clammy. And that's, you know, part of the stress response. And, uh yeah, 2015 ended up for me with lots of bad things happening due to stress and anxiety and uh, all of those unfun things. But on the positive side of that... It did push me down this road of researching stress, you know, that tends to be what I do. I'm a bit of a geek and, you know, when I've got questions, I will just spend crazy amounts of time and kind of become obsessed and research that area, trying to figure things out and find solutions. And that's exactly what I did last year, which, like I said, is definitely a big plus because, on this side of the things you know we're mid 2016 now so now my stress levels are completely under control I know exactly what I need to do but also I'm able to help my clients get a grip on their stress levels um, and the interesting thing is like you know people don't think that stress affects them and I find a lot of people Don't think they are stressed at all, but I'll have you consider that if you aren't sleeping that great, um, and you are, you know, drinking three, four, five, six cups of coffee throughout the day, you've got a busy job, you work in the city, you're rushing around a lot, um, you know, if that sounds like you, there is a high probability that you may be stressed. And yes, there are various sort of degrees of being stressed. Um, and I suppose anxiety is right at the top of, of that kind of scale. But the reason that I wanted to bring this whole concept of stress up and why stress makes dieting hard is because, um, you know, back in 2015, when I had all that stress and anxiety, I noticed for me, that was the worst year for comfort eating. And, uh, yeah, like literally spent the whole year kind of comfort eating you know, seeking out alcohol, um basically just seeking out immediate gratification. And like I said, for a, quite a few months, you know, I was in this loop of not really too sure what was going on, but just felt like I, you know, needed to eat some chocolate. Just felt like I needed to drink wine in the evenings. Just felt like I needed something nice to eat. Um and like I said, just keeping you know, seeking the immediate gratification all of the time and you know, eventually like I said, I figured out it was stress and um when I looked into it it's really interesting actually because what stress does to the brain is actually why it makes dieting hard. And uh yeah the changes in the brain are really fascinating. So um I'm not an expert in neurology, obviously, but having looked into it a bit, I've got a basic understanding, um at least in terms of how stress relates to making dieting hard or, or just making eating good food hard so what happens when you become stressed and this happens at all levels of stress whether it's you know minor stress or you know really high level of stress and anxiety um, is that your prefrontal cortex which is basically the front part of your brain uh, and that part of your brain is involved in lots of different things but you know as it relates to stress and food what it's mainly involved with is reasoning And this is the part of your brain that allows you to sort of put off immediate gratification for long-term gain. This is the part of the brain that allows you to do that. And when you become stressed, um, this part of the brain is actually less activated. So you become less able to put off the immediate gratification um, for that long-term gain. And this also happens when you become tired, actually. And this is why people tend to comfort eat more in the afternoons and the evenings. You know, nobody wakes up first thing in the morning and feels like comfort eating unless they are really severely chronically stressed, um, you know, which I did end up in, in that position in 2015 towards the end of the year. So your ability to put off the immediate gratification becomes less because your prefrontal cortex becomes less activated. Now, the other thing that happens in the brain is, uh, when you become stressed is your amygdala becomes more activated. Um, what your amygdala is involved in is basically two sort of walnut sized bits in your in the middle of your brain um, and again this part of your brain does lots of different stuff and they're still figuring out exactly what's going on um, but for all intents and purposes it is your emotional Part of your brain and what happens during stress is this part of the brain becomes more activated and if you're chronically stressed over time this part of your brain actually becomes bigger whilst the prefrontal cortex becomes smaller so like I said you know straight off the bat you become more emotional and you become less able to reason with yourself Um, and the overall effect of this is like I said you become more reactive and you sink into behaviors that have you seeking instant gratification which means you know you have more cravings which means you are less able to you avoid the ice cream and the chocolate and the alcohol or whatever it is that you turn to um, when you are stressed or you're not feeling great or like i said this all of this happens when you are tired as well um, now obviously some people get stressed and get tired and don't turn to food or alcohol or anything remotely destructive um, and some people just tend not to eat and that works for them in terms of managing their body weight um, and that might just be a behavioral thing that they've learned to seek comfort in just doing stuff. You know I've got a friend that when he's stressed he will go mountain biking um, and that's obviously a very... You know much more healthy behavior to have linked to that feeling of being stressed but for a lot of us mere mortals um not all of us but a lot of us you know do end up linking up comfort with food and alcohol and otherwise just generally destructive uh, behaviors and this is why it happens so you can already see just from this very simplistic explanation that if you are stressed like I said to any degree um And if you are tired at the same time, then that's actually like a killer combination for comfort seeking type behavior. And if you've got both of these things going on, this is going to make it, you know, almost impossible for you to stick to your diet, for you to get as lean as you want, for you to feel like you want to train, for you to, you know, feel like you want to be doing all of the things that you know you should be doing. Um, and this is a big reason I noticed with clients where, you know, they end up in this loop of they're a bit stressed, they're overly tired, they've not actually realized that they're stressed or tired, but they're in this loop of they just crave chocolate and they crave crisps and they crave all of these things and they don't know why, but they beat themselves up over the fact they don't know why. And when we drill right down to it, it does come down to these two things, tiredness and stress for the reasons I'm explaining. So, So what's the solution? Well, the solution is actually pretty simple as I think the best solutions usually are. So the top one is to make sure that you are getting enough sleep, which which is seems kind of obvious. Everybody knows that they should get sleep, but the thing you might not realize with sleep is that the bare minimum amount of sleep you need to actually, you know, for your brain to go through all the different phases it needs to go through so you can feel somewhat rested and restored and to keep your stress levels down throughout the day and not get overly tired too quickly is six hours of continuous sleep um, and this comes from the research um, so if you get less than six hours sleep um, obviously that's not going to be enough but equally if you get 10 hours sleep but it's not continuous um, so maybe you wake up once or twice throughout the night maybe you need to go to the loo or whatever the case is then that is considered clinically like broken sleep. Um, and that would not be a good quality night's sleep. Now, the interesting thing, why I bring this up is because it's really interesting that when I speak to most people and ask them about their sleep, they always say that, yeah, their sleep's fine, no problems there. But then when you ask them specifically, a lot of people seem to wake up at least once or twice. And nine times out of 10, they go into the loo or, you know, there's something that's waking them up. Um, but people have just become accepting of that fact when, like I said, in actual fact, the reality of it is that that isn't helping you. That is making you overly tired in the in the day, um, which does push you into this sort of comfort-seeking type behavior mode a lot quicker. And uh, also does obviously increase your stress levels a little bit throughout the day as well. So make sure you're getting enough sleep. And like I said, aim for that six hours of continuous sleep uh, per night at minimum Um, and then the second thing is again quite obvious but to reduce your stress and like I said if you are the type of person who thinks you're not stressed then again I will have you consider that you know if you're rushing around and needing to drink lots of coffee um, you know and, and work in the city and all of this kind of stuff like the likelihood is you're probably more stressed than you think even if you don't feel stressed, it's still worth engaging in stress-reducing behaviors um, just to see the effect that it will have on you. So one of the most effective and actually easiest ways to reduce your stress um, is something called meditation. Um, and again, there's loads of research on this. Um, you know, I've read about meditation for years and years and years, always seen it mentioned But never really got interested until the research started coming out. Um, And all you have to do basically is you just sit down for 5 or 10 minutes a day. There's lots of different ways to do it. One of the easiest ways is just to breathe slowly and count your breaths. And if you just did that every day and counted to 50. um, Like I said, that's a uh, research proven way to reduce your daily stress. Um, And it's free. And if you want to check out some apps for that, there's my favorite is Headspace. It's completely free to use and it actually teaches you a bit more of an in-depth technique of meditation and stress reduction. Um, So that's one of the things that really helped me last year. And that's one of the things actually that I do on a daily basis to keep my own stress levels in check. Now, the effect that has for me is I noticed nowadays... Now that I've got an idea of what's going on, I've got an idea of what I need to do, I notice that if I do my meditation and I sleep well, then my stress levels stay in check and I am better able to not seek comfort in things like food and alcohol and things, which means I generally eat better, which means I generally stay leaner, which means I perform better when I'm training. Um, which means I'm generally a nicer person to be around and that's just my experience now over the last six months or so that you know I've been sort of helping my clients with this side of things as well and um, you know I've just noticed that for a lot of them you know when they do these things as well and I've got a very systemized you know there's more things you can do to reduce your stress and to kind of benefit your mindset and put you in a place of power and increase your capacity to be able to do the things you actually want to do and I've systemized that a lot and that's what I teach to my clients and I've just noticed that when they do those things which meditation is just one of those things um, then the diet and the training aspects become really easy like properly easy and you know I'm just thinking of one client in particular right now and this is quite recent um, you know where for her when she does all of these mindset things, so she does her meditation, she gets her sleep and there's a bunch of other stuff we get her to do as well, then everything becomes easy for her. She's training well, she's improving with her training, she's eating well, she's enjoying it, she's happy and focused etc and you know her body improves, her performance gets better etc and everything seems quite kind of easy. But then when she gets into those loops of you know, maybe forgetting to do the things or just maybe she's traveling and getting out of the the routine, then when she doesn't do those things, then, you know, her stress levels go up. She becomes more tired and she ends up back in this loop of not training or not training as well and eating things that, you know, just going to throw her off track and, you know, just getting stuck in this loop of, you know, seeking instant gratification type behaviors. Um, and yeah like I said it it makes a huge huge difference for my clients and it's really surprising to me actually that not a lot of people in the fitness industry talk about this kind of stuff but um, I suppose it's kind of hard to talk about it when maybe you know you've not experienced it yourself and like I said that was for me the only reason I guess that I looked into any of this stuff it's the only reason I've read the research in this area it's the only reason I've you know, made the effort to put together a very systemized approach to tackle this issue because I've had this issue myself um, and I suppose that's one of the big pluses that come from that. So if you do nothing else from this episode, or if you learn nothing else from this episode at all, just make a mental note or make an effort every day to make sure that you get six hours of continuous sleep minimum. Um, and just check out the meditation stuff, get the Headspace app, it's free um, or if not, like I said, just you just sit with some music on, count your breaths up to 50 um, and just do that for a few weeks and see how that improves your ability to you know, not give in to cravings and you'll probably end up in a place of actually not having cravings eventually um, and definitely let me know your experience with that um like I said it makes a huge difference to my life, makes a huge difference to my client's life as well. So I'd love to hear how you get on. So drop me an email at mike at nutritionable.co.uk and I will catch you on the next episode.